Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. The President's Council on Bioethics will meet this Friday morning to discuss their working paper on organ procurement. One of the issues that they will be considering is presumed consent for organ donation, a controversial policy of naming every person an organ donor unless he or she specifically opts out. Director of Bioethics Research Sigrid Fry-Revere explains why this policy would be misguided. What is presumed consent for organ donation? The best way to explain presumed consent is to explain what it is not and what the system is like now. What we have now is called express consent. And what that means is you have to actually ask someone whether or not they want to consent to having their organs taken for donation, and they have to expressly say yes. So you can say yes by having an organ donor card or an advanced directive, and if you don't have those, you can talk to your family, and then your family can say yes or no. What presumed consent is, it's sort of the flip side of that. In express consent, you're assumed to own your own body and to be able to say yes or no about it. In presumed consent, society is assumed to own your body, and you have to take an active role to say no to an organ donation if that's what you want. For example, in Australia, they will take your organs even if your family says no. They will take your organs even if you said no. The only way they won't take your organs is if you filled out the proper form and the hospital can find it. You have it on your body, essentially, or the family produces it, okay, when you die. That's a very strict form of presumed consent that they have in Australia, and what they're considering here is anything from that to lesser forms. And are there presumed consent laws already in effect anywhere in the United States? Yes, actually there are forms of presumed consent laws in 28 states, but they tend to be very weak forms of presumed consent, not like the Australian description I gave. And they're weak because they presume consent, but they have to try to find out what the patient would have wanted. So, for example, they would have to check his pockets, check for his license, and try to find the next of kin. And if they find the next of kin and they say, oh, no, no, you know, he's Jewish or he's Catholic or he would never want that, then they can't do it. Now, there are only six states in the United States that have more of the Australian type. And they're for very limited things, like just for corneas or just for pituitary glands. And it authorizes the medical examiner to take them, essentially, without asking. Sounds like a pretty horrific violation of personal rights. So why are these laws even being considered? Because we have a huge organ shortage right now. In the last 30 years, the technology for organ transplantation has gotten better and better, and we've got about 93,000 people on an organ waiting list, and 20 people die every day waiting for an organ. So the government has been trying various ways to try to increase the number of organs. For example, they have passed the Anatomical Gift Act, which exists now in every state, so people can have organ donor cards. They have passed required referral laws, which means hospitals have to ask families. They can't forget or because it's uncomfortable to ask families because their loved one has just died, that hospitals and doctors are required to ask. And those things haven't worked. 
Another thing they passed was the Patient Self-Determination Act, which is advanced directives, so that another form of organ donor card, sort of. And none of those things have increased the number of organs that people are willing to donate as fast as the need has increased because of technology. What is the federal government's position on presumed consent? Well, the federal government is the one who has passed those laws that I described earlier, and their position now on presumed consent, I think, is to try to push it on the state level because these laws are really passed on the state level. They're part of the Anatomical Gift Act or exceptions to the Anatomical Gift Act. And what has happened so far is that the Health and Human Services Advisory Committee on Organ Transplantation has suggested pilot programs in the state to allow a broader variety of presumed consent. So instead of maybe just corneas and pituitary glands, we'll add other organs to that. Now that has not been accepted by HHS, and I don't know if they will, but the committee is pushing for it, and at the meeting last week, it was not dropped. They were keeping it alive. They decided they would continue to study it and try to come up with an option that HHS might accept. Next week, the President's Council on Bioethics is going to discuss the rough draft of their organ transplantation paper that they're going to publish in the spring, and that includes a whole section on suggesting that either the states or the federal government promulgate rules or a law that will implement presumed consent. Is there a better way to ease the organ shortage than gutting cadavers without consent? Yes, there definitely is, but currently it's against the law. The National Organ Transplant Act in 1984 made it against the law to get any kind of valuable consideration for an organ. That means you can't be paid, you can't be given in trade, all sorts of things like that are against the law. And so people really don't have the option of giving organs even when they're deceased other than just out of pure altruism. And a lot of Americans are altruistic, but like I said, there are 93,000 people on the organ waiting list with 20 dying every day, and it's not enough. So the best and easiest solution would just make it legal to create some kind of incentives, whether it's cuts in your insurance premiums, like you know when you're a non-smoker, you get a little cut, or you get some kind of tax incentive, or you just get paid, or families get paid for your organs after you die. That would be the easiest thing to do. There are also some grassroots movements. There's an organization called Life Sharers that has kind of found a loophole in the law by doing directed donations only to other people who have also donated. So if you're a member of Life Sharers, which, which I am, then when you need an organ, you go to the life sharers list to get an organ. And if anyone from the life sharers list donates an organ, they donate it only to people on the list. So in other words, what you're getting in exchange for donating is a promise of an organ should you need one. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.